With less than 50 days to go before voting starts in the GOP primary race, Nikki Haley is uh, gaining steam, securing a key endorsement from the in influential Koch network, even as she remains far behind the frontrunner Donald Trump. But Haley insists this is not a race for second place. Listen. I don't play for second. I never have. I'm not going to do it now. You know, we are now in second place in Iowa, second place in New Hampshire, and second place in South Carolina. We've got one more fella to catch up to, and the momentum is growing. All right, let's discuss with our political experts. And Audie Cornish, I'll start with you. Uh, Haley may have made, may have some momentum right now, but Donald Trump uh, put it this way on his social media account earlier in the day. He said she's down 50 points. She better start running fast. How do you see it? I mean, he is right about the clock ticking, and she is not, you know, ahead of him even in her own home state. She is looking for money. She's looking for momentum and also attention. Some of that attention is coming from the media. And of course, now some of that attention is coming from Trump himself, who's get, tried to give her some kind of nickname. Um, but it means she has a fighting chance. But I don't want to be false about like what that chance is and how tough that is. I'm sure other people on the panel will talk about that. It is a big leap. Let's bring in Alyssa Farrah Griffin. Alyssa, Ron DeSantis is trying to blunt Haley's rise, labeling, labeling her the establishment candidate and calling her out of step. Take a look at how Haley responded to that. Listen. I think that's what a candidate says when they're losing. You know, I mean, I think you look, there's nothing establishment about a candidate who was the Tea Party candidate who ran for governor. I think he's saying what he has to say because he's grasping at this point. Well, listen, so what do you uh, make of that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the establishment candidate in the race is certainly Donald Trump. But uh, Nikki Haley is the most formidable option to take him on uh, for frontrunner status. Uh, she's in second place now in Iowa, New Hampshire and South Carolina. To Audie's point, it's still a tremendous lead that Donald Trump has that she would have to overcome. But I think, you know, for someone like Iran DeSantis, it's really Iowa or bust, and he's still not within striking distance of Donald Trump. Nikki Haley, on the other hand, has focused quite a bit on New Hampshire. New Hampshire is unique in that independents can vote in the primary. Um, I'd keep an eye on Governor Chris Sununu. That could be an endorsement that could be incredibly beneficial to Governor Haley there and give her a real fighting chance heading into South Carolina and Super Tuesday. Um, the governor's outperformed Donald Trump in his own state. So I think all eyes are really on New Hampshire if Nikki Haley is going to pull off a miracle. Let's bring in Kate Bedingfield to discuss as well. Kate, uh, Chris Christie made some very critical comments about the way Nikki Haley has tried to thread the needle on the issue of abortion. Listen and watch this. You can't say one thing in Iowa and something different in New Hampshire. Now, I was on the stage next to Governor Haley when she gave a long talk at, the, I think it was the second debate, about how we don't want to divide the country on this. I don't, I, we have to respect everyone's opinions. But then when she's sitting across from Bob Vanderplatz in Iowa, a much more conservative place, she says, I'd sign a six-week abortion ban. Well, which one is it? So is this a vulnerability for Nikki Haley, Kate? Oh, no question. I think, you know, Chris Christie's absolutely right about that. And I think if Nikki Haley were somehow to pull an inside straight and, and get the Republican nomination, she would be answering for that six-week uh, abortion ban answer for the entirety of the campaign. I know certainly the Biden campaign and, and Democrats would, would be forcing her to. And we've seen across the country that that kind of a position on abortion isn't palatable to voters. So, yes, I think that is that is an enormous 
Uh, that's enormous vulnerability for her. And I think, you know, this endorsement from Koch is interesting because, uh, you know, Iowa is a ground game state. It's a state that's all about organization, having resources, having money uh, to be able, if she has any shot at sort of uh, pulling off some sort of upset in Iowa. Alyssa's absolutely right. She's focused on New Hampshire. But for DeSantis, the question is entirely Iowa. And if, if Nikki Haley can pull off uh, even a better-than-expected performance, she doesn't have to win Iowa, but if she's able to pull off a better-than-expected performance, that's going to give her uh, momentum going into New Hampshire. So it's not impossible. But the thing that we haven't talked about here that I think uh, is important to think about is if anybody other than Donald Trump gets the Republican nomination, Donald Trump is going to be there lobbying, uh, lobbying attacks at them. I don't think anybody thinks Donald Trump is going to step back and say, well, you know what, Nikki Haley won the nomination fair and square. So if another candidate is able to pull off uh, an upset here, they're going to be grappling with Donald Trump in addition to taking on Joe Biden moving forward. You know, it's interesting, Audie. You can't help but notice that these candidates are spending a lot of time targeting each other right now rather than taking on, taking the fight to the frontrunner, Donald Trump. Is that a mistake? Well, to the point we just heard earlier, if you can't handle the heat, you're certainly not going to be able to handle the fire later on when you are perhaps up against um, the front runner in this race. Also, people have to draw some kind of distinction. And right now you're seeing with DeSantis, it didn't totally work to say he was more to the right of Trump or that he was Trump without the baggage. Um, some of these arguments aren't working and you don't know that until they are critiquing each other. So I don't think it's a mistake. Um, but again, time is of the essence if you are trying to, in some way, bring together the people who are not supporting Donald Trump in the primary right now and convince them that you're a viable alternative. Alyssa, as we approach the final stretch of the campaign now before Iowa, do you see an openness among Republican voters to actually picking a candidate other than Donald Trump? I think so. I think that there is momentum and we, you know, polls can only tell us so much. Not a single vote has actually been cast. Um, you know, the caucuses are, as you said, more than 50 days out. So I think that Nikki Haley has been somebody who's emerged as somebody who can distinguish herself from Donald Trump. I think world events, uh, what we see with, you know, Israel and Hamas, she shows a knowledge and a depth on foreign policy that I think is appealing. And I do think she's able to resonate with independence in a way that Donald Trump is just radioactive. But herein lies the problem that the GOP faces in the Trump era. Nikki Haley performs head-to-head -head much better against Joe Biden, beating him by nearly six points. But she's got to get through the primary, and that is still very much an uphill battle. I mean, Donald Trump is hands down the favorite at this point, but it's not too late to rule out some kind of an upset.